When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Danny Korchmar talking to you. You're listening to Pantheon Podcasts. History in five songs. With host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Martin Popoff here back again for another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff brought to you by the good people at Pantheon Podcast. We're pleased as always to be part of the vast and always expanding Pantheon Podcast Network. We're available on Spotify, iTunes, and over 40 other podcast platforms. All right, this is episode 145. I'm calling this Bands with Angry Fans. I was going to call this Don't Rank These Bands, but I wanted to expand it because I thought it was a little interest, uh, a little more interesting to look at, um, well, why you don't want to rank certain bands. Um, and then that led to the idea that it makes people angry and they go crazy and people troll like crazy. Um, and that led to the idea of, I want to expand this and talk about a few different ways uh, bands tend to have angry fans. Some do and some don't, because when I get to the end and mention a couple of honorable mentions, I definitely want to say, you know, when we talk about these bands, nobody gets upset. So it's kind of interesting. Um, so anyways, um, yeah, that that's uh, that's the premise of this one. Let's jump into the first one because we've got a lot of different dynamics to discuss here. Take a listen to our very first song on this one. This is Queensryche with I Am I. All right, so here we go. So, so the idea here is that um, every time we tend to discuss Queensryche on Facebook or anywhere, fans just go crazy. They get really angry. And the the idea with this first one is not so much a band that um, is is part of the don't want you know you don't want to rank these bands ones. We've got that sort of coming up. This one is more like Queensryche number one. Uh, people more or less agree on what are the great Queensryche albums. This is more about the drama within the band and how that drama makes the fans angry. And then I'm wondering if there's a little bit of self-loathing going on. It's like, 
I love this band, but they drive me crazy. I'm mad at myself for loving this band. Uh, there's a little bit of that. There's more of that coming on, on some of our later examples. But the idea here is that obviously there's a lot of controversy with the whole Jeff Tate versus Todd Latour era of the band. Now, this is the only place where you actually get some debate because there are those like myself who vociferously uh, defend the Todd Latour albums. And I love that guy to death. I love the fact that he's a drummer and a writer as well. And he's the lead singer of the band. And he's been there for these solid albums. And I think these albums are great. Um, so I think they're on a on a good situation. Uh, not a problem there. Uh, but there is the whole there is the whole um, no Tate, no Reich uh, contingent. Right. And I swear to God, most of those people would be would be the same people who would have complained about Q2K and American Soldier and maybe Promised Land a little bit. I mean, I, I wanted to pick a song from Promised Land for a reason. So Promised Land came out October 18th, 1994. This went platinum, and this was the follow-up to the three times platinum Empire album. But I wanted to pick this because we're getting, we're in that 1994, we're actually in a late grunge period. Queensryche missed the grunge period with Empire. But now they're kind of in, in this whole thing with uh, Here in the Now Frontier and this album, where you're starting to see the cracks uh, in the band uh, between Jeff Tate, who, you know, claims up and down and swears up and down. He was never much of a metalhead. And now he's wanting to write in a less metal direction. Um, and their Seattle roots are coming through. And then other things will come through with Jeff Tate as well. But I love this album. And, and I love this sort of era of the band. Now, obviously, the ones that always win the ranking with this band are are more like Operation Mindcrime, maybe Rage for Order, maybe a little bit of The Warning, maybe a little bit of Empire. So people are sort of coalesced around those certain early ones. And, you know, the Todd albums are are well liked. And now and now the debate happens and the anger happens with the whole, you know, between the Todd era and the Jeff era. But we've also had the Scott Rockenfield uh uh, controversy lately where he's been out of the band and uh, I don't want to talk about this too much because I feel like I've talked about it before recently uh, but the whole idea that um, you know it's it's a whole he said she said and people are taking sides but mostly they're taking Queensryche's side and then lately uh, just just a, a few days ago I guess there was an interview with Michael Wilton and you know he's that the headline screams oh what will be what will be sort of thing uh, and he intimates that the band has been offered, quote unquote, an obscene amount of money uh, to reform, uh, you know, with the original lineup or as close as possible or whatever and go out on a tour. And and he says, basically, we never have to tour again if we do this. But some people, two parties, he said, didn't want to do it. And I imagine that's Jeff Tate and and probably probably Chris DeGarmo, I imagine. Um but uh, but the the whole idea here is that, um, you know, the, the headline uh, and, and, and sort of like the debate comes again. That's like, oh, why are, why are you not sticking up for Todd kind of thing in this situation? Um, but, you know, he is if, if you if you look at the whole article, he's, he's like, we're firing on all cylinders creatively. This we're in a great place. I love going out and playing live. I'm healthy. I'm happy. I'm 63 years old. I think I think that's what he said. Is he, is he 63? Uh, uh, anyways, uh, so so the idea here, uh, again, every time you, you talk about Queensryche, you get a lot of trolling going on and a lot of angry fans. Um, 
And and yeah, I mean, just to reiterate a little more, I mean, that Jeff Tate thing is is pretty, pretty crazy. I mean, there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of hate flying back and forth there. And I, I think Jeff Tate's making really cool music now, too. But again, he's not being, I don't think, particularly true to himself as well, because he's making albums that that have, you know, I believe this. I mean, a lot of people don't, but I, I believe these albums are are fairly heavy and pretty close to the spirit of of old school Queensryche. Uh, these ones he's been making recently, um, you know, obviously not the Jeff Tate album or or that kind of stuff, but, um, but yeah, so so I think he's being he's being a little untrue to himself because it's a little heavier than he's kind of professing to be lately. But man, yeah, just the um, you know the, uh, the 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 words flying back and forth between those camps has caused people to be uh, you know very angry when you when you get on on Facebook or Twitter and and watch what happens. All right, let's move into our second selection here. This is Motley Crue with Poison Apples. So this is a funny one. This is a, even a little more self-loathing. And I and I got to say, I mean, this is this is kind of true about Motley fans. Um, Motley fans are are very, very uh, animated. And and part of it seems to come from the fire and the spirit of life that comes from Nikki Six. Uh, Nikki Six seems to like a big uh, a, a brawl. Um, and the fans really stick with Nikki in a lot of cases, but also this is a band with a lot of bad blood and a lot of bad headlines. And I think the fans sometimes are in a little bit of that self-loathing thing where I keep supporting you guys, but Vince doesn't care about us. You know, he's getting fat. He's drinking too much. He's not singing the lines. He's holding the microphone out. He's not hitting the notes. I don't even know what he's saying half the time. And so the fans are conflicted. And I think that subconsciously makes them angry. And it comes out, boy, it comes out when you when you look at Twitter and Facebook and and all the debate about Motley. But the other funny thing about Motley is that I think fans kind of realize when they rank the Motley albums, it's not so much the ranking that's the problem. It's the fact that I think you, you scratch the surface of a Motley fan and they really only kind of think they have two or three good albums. Um, and and then it kind of goes down fast. And I wanted to pick something from the Motley Crue, Motley Crue album for a big reason. And that reason is that um, a lot of people think the Motley Crue, Motley Crue album is their greatest album. And I've been I've been guilty of saying that before as well. But surprise, surprise, it's the only album without Vince Neil. It's it's the album with John Karabi singing, and it's the biggest outlier album, although Generation Swine is also a big outlier. But the funny thing is, if you say you like Motley Crue, Motley Crue as the greatest Motley Crue album, you're almost saying you're not a Motley Crue fan, right? Uh, so that's kind of interesting. Uh, and then after that, you know, people talk about Shout of the Devil or they talk about Dr. Feelgood, but I don't see a lot of passion for any other Motley Crue albums with Motley with Motley Crue fans uh, beyond those three albums. I mean, there's a soft spot for Too Fast for Love, but I don't see a lot of love for 
Theater of Pain or uh, or Girls, 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 uh, or any of the later stuff as as well. There's a lot of hatred on actually for Generation Swine. Um, you know, there's a lot of hatred on for Tommy doing his new metal thing and his hip hop thing. Um, there's obviously there was the car crash in 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 which Razzle got killed. There's Tommy Lee and his woman problems. Um, you know, Mick Mars is probably the only guy in the band that that nobody really complains about in a huge way because, you know, God love him. He's got a pretty deep, debilitating health issue. Um, but yeah, and, uh, and obviously Nikki causes a lot of controversy as well with his with his sort of, um, you know, mercenary attitude and the whole idea of of being like a mini Gene Simmons, you know, following that sort of path that that rubs fans a long way. So it's it's pretty funny. And I wanted to play this Poison Apple song because it's the one that goes and you loved us and you loved us. And then I cut it off before uh, and we're so effing beautiful. Right. Be- because this is this is sort of the thing They're They're like they're like um, Motley Crue almost dares you to be a fan with all the crap that goes on. And you definitely see this. You definitely see this as, like I say, a subconscious anger, passive aggressive uh, nature of the trolling of comments. Anytime you talk about Motley Crue, there's there's like a gang mentality and a taking of sides. Uh, and it's all about the drama, but it's not really about the music. And that and that's that even tells you a little something there that there's not a lot of talking about the greatness of the music with this band, even among the fans. Um, there you go. So, all right, this episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff is sponsored by BetterHelp. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. And you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And special offer to History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash five songs. That's betterhelp.com slash five songs. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. All right, let's play our third selection here on, what did I call this again? Episode 145, Bands with Angry Fans. This is Iron Maiden with Speed of Light.
man, love this song. Love Speed of Light. I had to pick Speed of Light. I had to pick something from a very late period album, The Book of Souls 2015. And why did I have to pick something from here? So here's where a lot of the debate comes in with Iron Maiden fans. Again, they're very, very angry. They're very loyal. Uh, and that's part of the problem. There's a whole bunch of them are really, really loyal, and they will just say everything is great, and they won't debate it. And if you and if you test them on it, um, they they kind of go silent, and they they're not really sure why certain things are great or whatever. But they're with Iron Maiden. Out of all these bands here that we're going to talk about, there's this big, big, big debate over recent era Iron Maiden versus old Iron Maiden. How good is recent era Iron Maiden, right? So I had to pick something from Book of Souls, a song that I absolutely love because I really love almost every time Iron Maiden in, in recent years did those shorter, faster songs uh, rather than the long drawn out songs. Um, you know, the big debate about Steve Harris, is he writing too much? Is he writing too long? Is he not taking enough instruction from other guys? Kevin Shirley, there's a huge debate and a lot of a lot of vociferous, hate on and uh, and uh, you know defense as well but more like more like complaints about Kevin Shirley and I I swear I know I've said this before but I I swear that if if those Iron Maiden set albums sounded like really really polished like uh, like an Andy Sneap except or a Judas Priest thing or a Saxon or or various um various other forms of mod you know very modern slick production where you know things have been uh you know sampled and looped um, you know, we would complain about that as Iron Maiden fans. We would we would all of a sudden find a new thing to complain about. So I I think I I actually fall on the side of um, I'm perfectly happy with what Kevin Shirley is doing here because I think there is a whoness and a rawness and a and a uniqueness to Iron Maiden's productions, and it's really really hard to get unique production that is good enough that people aren't complaining on on completely objective terms there when they when they complain about kevin shirley it's on subjective terms uh but no I, and and definitely definitely this debate and this and this up and down man go go read the comments of my banger review of, of senjutsu you see so much polarization in the maiden camp there are there are the loyal fans that will defend everything and and again this this is a band that uh among those loyal fans, this is one of those bands that you often see one of those boasts, like I've seen them 138 times, I've seen them 45 times, whatever. So that's an interesting dynamic too here in this uh, in this bands with angry fans thing. But you also see the tough love maiden fans that love the band so much that it makes them so mad when they do things that upsets them. And Senjutsu upset a lot of people um, with those massively, massively long songs that don't have a lot of events to them, a lot of parts, or a lot of tricks that we haven't heard before. That's kind of the big thing, right? And then on top of that, Kevin Shirley's pretty casual, uh, you know, version of recording uh, upsets a lot of people as well. I almost picked a song from Seventh Son of a Seventh Son because I think here's where the debate sort of starts. Somewhere in time, uh, Seventh Son, this is where, um, you know, I'm I'm getting ticked off at Maiden. And uh, but there are a lot of younger fans, maybe even one, two, two and a half generations of younger fans who think Seventh Son of the Seventh Son is like their greatest album or and they love Somewhere in Time. So so it's funny. I think that's that's the fulcrum shift. You even get the people who will who will defend the Blaze album. So there's a lot of people 
you know, I wouldn't say those albums are are polarizing. They're, you know, three quarters of the people basically put them at the bottom of the list, but there are a lot of people who love them. So you get a lot of complaint there. I wouldn't say there's a lot of anger. See, I'm, I'm being very open-minded about this and, and realizing that there are areas of anger and there's an overall anger. There's definitely an overall anger with, with Maiden fans, but I don't see a lot of anger between the Clive and the Nico thing. And I honestly don't see a lot of anger between the Paul Deano and the Bruce Dickinson debate. These are, these are things that are debated more or less politely among Maiden fans, but Man, new versus old is is a huge debate with a lot of anger. That is absolutely for sure. Um, and and again, I you know part part of this polarizing thing with the new versus bad. I mean, if you even just stick within the new, there are, you know polarizing to to the nth degree our opinions on the Final Frontier, the Book of Souls, uh, Senjutsu's. I think I think gonna come out in the wash. I, I swear. I think I think over a few years. Senjutsu is going to come out in the wash as one of the least, uh, you know, appreciated of, of the later albums. But, you know, I'm not a big Brave New World fan. And that's a polarizing. Uh, that's that's actually not a very polarizing album. That's just me uh, being contrarian, I, I believe. Um, I like A Matter of Life and Death, Life and Death a lot. And I and I, I really appreciate The Final Frontier and The Book of Souls. But a lot of people really don't like those two very very polarizing albums i think dance of death comes comes a little bit lower um so this this also is not a band where the ranking is is a particularly big problem it it really is an anger between it it's an anger when a new album first comes out put it that way that's where you get the most white hot anger with maiden fans when that record hits hits the uh hits the airwaves or or digitally or the advanced singles even just the advanced singles i mean the number of comments by maiden fans when something new comes out uh, that's where you get the white hot anger and the and the major polarization. This is the greatest thing that that has ever happened to music, and or this is utter crap. So so that's that's kind of the funny one. So it's old versus new. It's when the stuff immediately immediately comes out. But there are a lot of areas where Maiden fans are nice to each other. There you go. Okay, for selection, take a listen to this. This is Kiss with Spit. Want a lot of woman with a lot of love. Well, there's a sin, but it's plain to see. It don't mean spit to me. Okay, so this is absolutely the second uh, best example of of bands with angry fans. Kiss fans are absolutely militant about their band. They pride themselves on knowing the the trivia up and down, left and right. But there are so many debates within Kiss world that are uh, that are angry debates, and there's frankly not a lot of debates that aren't angry debates in Kiss World. So this this is different than uh, than the Maiden thing. Um, also, I wanted to mention I, for, I forgot in my notes here. I thought this was kind of funny. Let me see if I go all the way back. Um, yeah, I, d- I do go all the way back. I wanted to mention I didn't do this with um, with the fifth one, but um, I wanted to uh, because every time I every time I do one of these episodes. I uh, I kind of check if I've played the actual song before in a previous episode, but this time I actually put down uh, other episodes 
that the band was featured in. So for Queensryche, our first one, I had them in Tormented by EPs, Birth of American Power Metal, 300th Anniversary Tour, and re-recording the old hits and elevated by a cover version. So if you want to hear more talk on Queensryche, go play those episodes for, you know, different dimensionality of uh, reasons to talk about Queensryche. Motley Crue I had in How Lars Ulrich Invented Hair Metal, Go to Vancouver and Try Harder, Tom Worman and Twisted Sister, The Next Van Halen and Greatest Hits Plus, Iron Maiden I had in New Wave of British Heavy Metal, Twin Leads, The Birth of European Power Metal, Martin Birch, Bands of Individuals, Problems with Top New Wave of British Heavy Metal, New Wave of British Heavy Metal or Not, that they I had Maiden in there because yeah, I totally believe they are. I had them in there because this is they represented what was the last year of the New Wave of British Heavy Metal. Uh, Crazy Ideas, Not in the Rock Hall, This Album's Too Long, You Had to Be There, and The Last Great uh, New Wave of British Heavy Metal Albums. That was episode 110. So actually, that might have been the last time, so quite a while ago since I've had Maiden in. So Kiss, back to Kiss. Kiss I've had in Kiss and Trends. Hair Metal Goes Grunge, Second Wave Heavy Metal, American Division, 300th Anniversary Tour, Novelty Singles, Not My Style, and Outshine. So there you go. So I wanted to pick a song from the Revenge album. So we just played Spit. Um, May 19th, 1992. This is somewhat of a polarizing album. I like it a lot. This, this might be one of the rare areas where uh, the debate with KISS fans is semi-polite, uh, the polite over the Revenge album. But Boy, I've got a long list here of areas where KISS fans just get all up in arms and start trolling each other and, and calling each other names. Um, the Ace Freely situation. Ace in and out of the band. Ace trash-talking the band. The band trash-talking Ace. Are the Ace albums good? Um, you know, Do we want Ace to be doing cover albums? How is Ace live? Is he just phoning it in? Blah, blah, blah. What kind of a person is Ace? How has Ace been to you? Has he been a nice guy? Blah, blah, blah. So there's lots and lots of stuff there. The treatment of Mark St. John, the treatment of Eric Carr, um, Vinnie Vincent, that whole thing with, with him just, you know, saying I'm going to do something and then canceling. And then um, just just him being, you know, completely, it seems like there's some mental health issues there. Um, he's had a lot of drama in his life. Um, but yeah, the whole Vinnie Vincent thing, him being in the, how important to the band was Vinny, um, or not, um, the reunion album and tour psycho circus. I mean, that's, that is not so polarizing. I think Kiss fans basically don't like that album. Um, but the tour, the whole idea doing it for the money, how good was it? Um, how did they get along? Who wrote on the album? Uh, which songs are any good? Who got, you know, iced out of the album? Carnival of Souls, big, big polarizing album. I happen to like it a lot. I know a lot of KISS fans who do, but this is the grunge album that maybe we should put it out. Maybe we shouldn't, blah, blah, blah. Um, so a lot of controversy around that. There's controversy around Dynasty and Unmasked, believe it or not. I mean, most fans don't like it, but there's a lot of fans that like Unmasked. People don't get really upset about that. They That's one where they just kind of laugh it off and, and haha, yeah, let's, let's all talk about Dynasty and Unmasked. Um, the production of Hotter in Hell gets a lot of debate. Um, that's also a semi-polite one. Monster and Sonic Boom is a very vociferous and uh, and bad vibes argument. Talking about those last two Kiss albums, very polarizing situation there. Most fans uh, kind of complain about them. Kiss fans just love to complain in general. They uh, again, I think 
I think there's a little bit of that self-loathing thing where um, I don't know why I'm spending so much money and time on this band. I really don't like them. They don't treat me that well. They don't seem to be serious about what they're doing half the time. It seems to be more about the merchandise than the music. Like lots and lots and lots of complaints. I stood in line at a at a record show to get stuff signed and uh, you know, and and meet me. And then he left and you know, didn't spend a lot of time with us. Oh, look how much meet and greets are. So there's loads and loads of complaining. I love I love it when it happens. I I mean I, I love talking about Kiss on Facebook and and doing podcast stuff. Well, that's another thing. When I went on three sides of the coin and I said Aerosmith was more sophisticated than kiss man i got a lot of a lot of hate sent my way for that one um but uh but yeah so so well and even that whole thing i mean god love with what mark mark Chikini does there but it's um it's it's really really cool hearing just the piles and piles and men, you know hundreds and thousands of hours of debate by youtubers and podcasters all about kiss there there's kind of your your uh, your clue right there um what else Tommy and Eric wearing the makeup, uh, that, that upsets a lot of people or, you know, the, the Peter and the Ace makeup specifically, right? Uh, who writes the songs, who plays on the songs, Gene taking his eye off the ball to do film in the late eighties, uh, vocal tapes, maybe music tapes, that whole thing. So, so kiss is definitely one. And again, this is, this is not one, this is an interesting one where again, it's not about, um, you know, I, I would have included them in an episode. Well, maybe I wouldn't of uh, of don't rank these bands or whatever, uh, because because this is one where all the anger and hatred um, and calling people names uh, and bad vibes in any debate about the fans is not about the ranking of the albums. It's about all the other drama that goes on. All right. So let's move into our last one. This is Led Zeppelin with Celebration Day. Take a listen. All right, so this is one about ranking. Boy, I this is the one where it was like don't rank this band. Uh <laughs> uh so so I just recently put up um I I had written you can you can actually get these as 99 cent ebooks over at zunior.com. I did about half a dozen or maybe even eight of these top 20 songs by different bands. And I did one uh for Led Zeppelin and uh Pat Prince over at Goldmine, you know, I write regularly for Goldmine, decided, hey, let's run that one in the magazine. So we did, and we also put it online, and boy, the trolling that went on about my list of top 20 Zeppelin songs. Zeppelin fans are definitely, I would say, the angriest of anybody I know. Uh, And there's a lot of this, um, I would never rank Led Zeppelin at all because everything they do is great. Um, they, they have to be put aside and you can't, you can't, you can't do these lowly things like ranking Led Zeppelin albums or songs. We went and ranked the Led Zeppelin albums on Guitar Hack and, and again, got a ton of debate about that. Um, 
but you can't rank the songs. And then other ones said, your, your whole list is trash. I would only put two or three on here. And then you start getting the, what about this song? And what about that song? And what about that song? Yet they won't give you their whole list. Um, and then you get the camps, you know, you get the camps that bluesy Led Zeppelin is my favorite Led Zeppelin. Me, I'm all of all the way, the other way. People have noted that on my list of the top 20, there was a lot of, uh, hard stuff and heavy stuff and more and more complicated stuff. And that's why uh, I played Celebration Day, and that's why I rank Celebration Day as my favorite Led Zeppelin song, Led Zeppelin 3. And I put Friends up super high, too, which drives people crazy as well. Um, so my list was, uh, let me let me see, I've, I've, I've got it up here for, uh, so my list went uh, in, in order from first to last, Celebration Day, In My Time of Dying, Carousel Ombra, that drives people crazy too because In Through the Outdoor is such a polarizing album. Friends, The Rover, Cashmere, Dancing Days, Going to California, Custard Pie, Black Dog, Over the Hills and Far Away, Wanton Song, Out on the Tiles, The Battle of Evermore, Wearing and Tearing, Night Flight, Nobody's Fault, Down by the Seaside, Ozone Baby, Sick Again, that was it. So I got a lot of heck for not including Stairway to Heaven, which I don't think is a very great song at all. I don't think any of the parts are very creative, and I don't think the parts put together are all that crazy creative. Um, people had um, Since I've Been Loving You, they love the bluesy Led Zeppelin, how many more times? And then and then on, on the debate about this, like people were naming all these songs, and then you get the grousers in Led Zeppelin. Immediately you get the trollers coming in who are sort of like the... Um, the fans that want to find something to complain about about Led Zeppelin, who who bring up the plagiarizing thing, and people were were giving lists that that I, I I'm like saying, you know what, these these are all the songs that are are too much uh, in the in the blues or simplicity camp, and that's and that's for how many more times, and days and confused and a whole lot of love and since I've been loving you all come from. So th those are the songs that aren't on my list. Um, but yeah, I, I got a ton of heck for my list. I mean, I'm just looking at the goldmine comments here. Um, let's and and I jump right in. Soon soon as people start arguing with me, I, I argue back. It's like, it's like uh it's your list, but what you want to put on I agree with two things. Okay, so uh so I would write half the songs you say I'm missing make me want to have a quiet lie down. Most of the derivative Del Blues thing stop, just stop. That's me actually talking back at these people. Um Great list, Martin. Okay, I can do without six, seven, four. I'd pick Achilles' last stand. That's the other one I get heck for leaving off. Um, let's see. Uh, please, here, here we go. Please call a real Zeppelin fan to make a list worth reading. Uh, not a good list, in my opinion. Here's my top twenty in no particular order. So fair, fair, uh, fair game to Matt Cribben for actually providing a list. I don't even know most of the listed songs. My knowledge of mu Zeppelin music is one four. Here's the other thing. There, there are the fans who who would put Led Zeppelin one and two at the top of their album rankings. I'm the kind of guy who will put those at the bottom of my my album rankings. I don't want to hear the most derivative bluesy stuff. Um, so you get a little bit of that. Um, but yeah, you definitely there's a lot of debate around presence, good album or bad album. In through the outdoor, it gets the most debate. I think the one thing most Zeppelin fans agree on is Physical Graffiti is their greatest album. I think you get that probably the most. Um, uh, here's one. I haven't even read the list and already disagree because it's a subjective matter. First of all, everyone has different tastes and blah, blah, blah. Okay. It's a no brainer that everyone uh, that likes them has their own favorites. Exactly what makes them great. Well, that was, a, that's kind of a neat comment that, that maybe, um, you know, there's so much variety that it, that it drives people crazy seeing any lists at all. Um, but you know, the other things that drive people crazy about Led Zeppelin is, um, 
they're not happy that Jimmy Page's post Led Zeppelin career didn't result in a lot of great albums. People even get mad at Robert Plant. The main reason they get mad at them, at him, is not going back and doing Led Zeppelin, right? And and like not wanting to live in the past and and not wanting to do a second or third or fourth Led Zeppelin, you know, post John Bonham death Led Zeppelin album. Although he did Page Plant and they did they did do the big live show, right, and the other small things, but. Um, and then Robert Plant, uh, his catalog kind of makes people angry sometimes as well. John Paul Jones, on the other hand, is just the coolest dude in the world. And he just pops in with with an incendiary great project every once in a while. It's, it's usually pretty underground, right? Um, but yeah, so those things bother people as well. I, I You know what also I think makes, makes people uh, angry, fans angry subconsciously is just losing John Bonham, right? It, it makes them sad. It makes them cranky. It, it just seems like such a waste the way he died. Um, so that bothers people as well. People debate Jimmy as a guitarist. People debate Jimmy as a producer um, because those albums sound really kind of strange and raw uh, in, you know, in most cases. So it's, it's funny. Um, and you know, I get a lot of heck for saying various things Aerosmith did are an evolution and an improvement on Led Zeppelin. I got heck for that in this list. But yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. And and the other crazy thing is we posted this on a day of absolute chaos um, because Pete and I did, uh, Pete Pardo and I at C and Tran- uh, at his Sea of Tranquility channel did an April Fool's episode. And I did a, a solo Contrarian's April Fool's episode on calling Judas Priest stained glass uh, <laughs> the worst Judas Priest album, right? Uh, so so there were all this, all this, that's a whole nother episode. The, the, the mentality and the psychology around April Fools, who gets it, who doesn't, their excuses for not getting it. Um, they're not reading the YouTube comments. Wow. So this Led Zeppelin went up the same day and some people actually thought my list was an April Fools list, but it wasn't at all. Um, so yeah, some, some honorable mentions. I can't remember why, but, um, but I remember maybe some trolling going on, but apparently, Except fans are very angry fans. Oasis fans are hugely angry fans. I've got a buddy who's explained this all to me many times. And that's all to do with with Noel versus Liam more than anything. Um, but yeah, they're they're very crazy, passionate, um, uh, it, you know, uh, almost almost. Uh, well, well, just there's a lot of vitriol for a lot of reasons. It's mainly those reasons, but, you know, other things as well. Um, just the drama that's gone on in their lives generally, usually due to uh, drugs, I suppose. Um, the opposite, though, the opposite of uh, of all these angry fans is it always seems to be sunshine and rainbows when Rush fans get together and talk or XDC fans or fans of the damned. The ACDC, you know, even given the the two different lead singers, it's all usually pretty polite. There's not a lot of hatred going on for anything in the ACDC camp. This is happy music, right? David Bowie fans. David Bowie fans are not trolls. I mean, generally, I, I think what happens with some of these is that they decide that the community is going to be mature and elevated and we're going to be thoughtful in discussing these things. Um, and there's just a general consensus that grows evolves by osmosis over time that uh that we're going to keep the debate civil 
Um, and that happens with most of these uh, other bands. I don't see a lot of hatred and a lot of trolling. Trolling, like I say, with Rush, XDC, The Damned, ACDC, or Bowie. All right. If you like this episode, this long episode, and want to support future episodes, please go to Kofi, rhymeswithnofee.com, uh, slash Martin Popoff, and hit that red support button and buy me or uh, a coffee or a pint. On that front this week, I would like to thank Andy and his band Black Sugar Transition. Uh, check out his site, blacksugartransmission.com. You can see info on his shred guitar, alter ego, sheer velocity. He also plays with KMFDM and Blondie. Um, definite, definite talent, Andy is, and he joins our contrarian panels. Uh, also joining our contrarian panels many times is Joe Becht at Bel Air Expediting. Uh, Bruce Campbell, Tim Derling, David Fisher, Ryan Gavalier, the Reverend Keith Gordon, Darren Kasabowski, Jamie Laszlo. I got to get Jamie on for another contrarian soon it's been too long done quite a few with tim lately tim derling they, they've been really good they turn out great because tim is also a wise music swami um dennis lawson melissa nee augustin garcia de paredes philip edward phyllis steve Polari, and brian sager uh and you can go to martinpopoff.com for all your book needs the deal book is flying out of here i've stopped doing uh my my experiment with tiktok and the world's worst record collection and all that kind of stuff and uh, and promoting this podcast with tiktok a little more because i just got slammed with book orders on dream evil deal in the 80s and uh, and also i keep ordering in more of the ufo visual biography and the judas priest visual biography and lots of Coming down the pipes. Um, you can go on YouTube and see my unboxing video for my new very, very swanky David Bowie book. Uh, that's on there, but I won't have those until June, so don't hit me up yet. But please wait for me and get them from me and not from Amazon. Um, you know, this is this is my main way of supporting having a having a uh, an annual income is being a mail order guy of my own books. There are these other little income streams, right? royalties and advances and other little writing gigs but the main thing uh the main way i make any money is being a mail order guy so there you go um so uh i hope this episode made you an angry fan uh, of a bunch of these bands and i hope it causes a bunch of anger and we can uh, and we can discuss all of our anger issues over on the Facebook page uh, once it is posted. Thanks again. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at the RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at RNR Archaeology. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett.
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 